Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. A lot of people say, hey, I know it's the real. They are synonymous with Rockefeller Records. Yes, because we were signed there. In, in every way possible. No, people are like, hey, they've had Lenny S on. They've had Sherry Bryan on. They brought together Biggs and Lenny and Hip Hop and Just Blaze and Young Guru and on and on and on and on and on. But we're big bad boy fans as well. Oh my God, we're so multifaceted. We're so <laughs> complex. People can't really put their finger on us, you but, know? So when it comes to bad boy records, we've tried to get everyone up here from Mace to... I mean, we did have Black Rob up here. We sort we sort of had Black Rob up here. In case people haven't heard this story... So I get a text message on Thanksgiving afternoon mm -hmm. from a 347 number. A number that I've never interacted with before... And he says, hey, my name is Derek. I met you at the Master of Ceremony concert in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I have access to artists. I have access to studios. I manage Black Rob. I would love to do something with you guys. Cool. And I'm like, that's great. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't at that concert. That's weird. So I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. But I do want Black Rob on the podcast. Who wouldn't? We well, were just talking about him at that time with the locks on the podcast. So yeah. this makes all the sense in the world. Something's the in the air. Yes. So I respond to Derek not on Thanksgiving because he didn't say Happy Thanksgiving and also because I'm busy with Thanksgiving. You know what? Him not saying Happy Thanksgiving is the worst part of the story, yeah. I have to say. On Monday, I respond and I say, hey, Derek, that sounds great. Love to get Black Rob on the podcast. Let's make it happen. Okay. And he says, great, let's do it on Thursday. Black Rob being really into it, especially because you had Jada Kiss on, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So Thursday rolls around, 2 p.m., he's not here. 2.15, you hit up Derek and you say, hey, where are you guys at? And he says, Black Rob is on his way. I ask, are you with him? He says, no, but... Don't worry, he'll be there soon. 2.45, 2.50, we open the door, and there's a man standing there who introduces himself as Rob. Rob. He is not Black Rob, but no. Black Rob is behind him. Rob looks around our kitchen, sees the microphones and the computer and the mixer all set up, and says, Where's Jadakiss? Which, I don't know, Hartford? <laughs> You know, he's doing publicity for Freddy versus Jason. Not here. The point is, Jadakiss is not here. I don't know what Rob and Black Rob expected. If there was some sort of beef from 1999 that they had to settle now. But Jadakiss <laughs> is not here. And they say, what is this? An interview? And again, there are a bunch of microphones set up. The so mixer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. And so Rob turns to Black Rob. And he says... You know, what do you want to do? And Black Rob takes a second and he says, I'm about my business. And they got on the elevator, went downstairs and out of our lives. Just left. That was it. That's it. So we've tried. We've tried, guys, to get bad boy artists up here. We had a meeting with Puffy years ago. Not about this. We received an email from Blue Flame Agency. We didn't know what that was, but it, the subject line said, Mr. Sean Combs requests your presence. And you know what? We thought it was spam. Yeah, honestly, just put it into the garbage. But when they emailed again, they were like, no, really, we want you to come in and talk to us. And we thought, you know what? Let's go down to bad boys' offices. So they sit us down in the back of the third or fourth floor or something like that in an office. And they, they said to us, everyone was whispering, which was yeah. very strange. So we're interested in changing the bad boy logo 
and we we were not whispering. No, so we, we were, were like, like this is a terrible idea, and they were just like, no, we're really, yeah, Mr. Mr. Combs, yeah. Mr. Combs. Anyway, so we never got to meet Puff there. Uh, as a consolation prize, they gave us a bunch of Ciroc bottles, yeah, Ciroc yeah. peach, <laughs> which, by the way, we promptly regifted. So shout out to everyone over at Blue Flame Agency. Yeah. Also, we got uh, Puffy branded water. So you know what? Big win for us. Yeah. But we have not gotten Puff on the podcast, but we are very excited today because we have the next generation of bad boy artist, King Machine Combs. Machine Gun oh. Co- oh. <laughs> King Combs is on the podcast today. Christian Combs, who everybody knows who his father is. Puffy. And everybody knows who his mother is. Kim Porter. And here's a kid who had, you know, we have such a fascination with Puffy's homes and his pools and his parties. And we've made a whole slew of episodes based around those questions Mm -hmm. and here's a kid who had to grow up within that bubble but also find life outside of that bubble and i think that people will find after listening to this that king combs christian combs is just a regular kid he's a regular kid who had to get his driver's license who had to take the sats he is somebody who found his love for music naturally and is trying to be his own man while standing in the shadow of his very, very famous father. So it's a great episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Jeff, you want to recommend three episodes for the people? Yeah, I want to recommend the Andrew Barber episode. Andrew, who is the founder and proprietor of FakeshoreDrive.com and also the manager of the good music artist Valet. I want to recommend the Lola Plaku episode. She is behind the careers of French Montana and Belly and Lemon and is an amazing behind-the-scenes person herself. Also has one of the most incredible journeys from Albania to Toronto and beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to recommend our episodes with the locks or our Two Jews and Two Black Dudes episodes where we review the movies. Yeah, so uh, last week we put up an episode where we reviewed Coco, the Disney Pixar animated movie. Obviously. And there are other episodes where we review Black Panther and give our Netflix choices, and we're going to review another movie coming up in very short order. Look forward to that. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. The Veterinarian, a.k.a. Got Your Bitch Open. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, <laughs> a.k.a. Getting In That Cake, a.k.a. Marilyn Monroe. Yo, it's the young Don, young bad boy, King Combs. You already know what it is. Oh, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a waste of time with the real. Yo, I want to talk about that that 90s baby cover. Yeah, yeah. Where did you get that picture, and like, how long did it take you to find it? Well, I actually got that on my shirt right now. You do? Um, <laughs> I found that picture because of one of our photographers that used to be with us 24-7. His name is Justin J. Shout out to he him. He took that while we were on tour, on the Bad Boy for Life tour. And it was a real significant photo for my life because, like, that was the time where I really knew I wanted to be a rapper and just watching my pops and seeing him go through that process yeah. on tour, doing music videos, performing in the studio. It inspired me a lot. So, and I remember that moment vividly. You so, do? Yeah, yeah. But well, how hard was it to like track that photo down? Do you have like all the negatives somewhere? Is it like on a hard drive? Is it hanging up on a wall? Yeah, yeah. He was actually someone I kept in touch with oh, that's good. throughout my life. So I just hit him up and was like, yo, I need something. That really signifies 90s baby. And he got it. Yeah, and he sent me that. What is your first memory? My first memory ever? Yeah. Damn. (laughs) First memory? Sheesh. I think it was being in a brownstone out here. Yeah. And just like walking outside. Up in Harlem? (laughs) For real. Nah, nah, in New York. Well, yeah, I mean, Harlem is in New York. Where in, where in New York nah, was no, it? In the city, in the city, New yeah. York yeah. City. Gotcha, uh-huh. gotcha. Like we do with all of our guests, we want to know where you're originally from. 
and we want to know what your folks did. And mm-hmm. I think we have an idea of that. But where yeah. where are you originally from? Originally from New York, like New York, where? New York, New yeah. York City, Manhattan. Park Ave was the first apartment we had then we moved to alpine new jersey right on it was in new rochelle mount vernon for ah, a all right yeah. now we're talking our language because we're yeah. from westchester right yeah. um we loved when we saw the bad boy documentary when they yeah. went up to the house like you know up in i know i like that part too that, it was so great that was crazy i didn't even know that actually at really first, that they started bad boy started in the house like that crazy yeah it was dope Shout out to Andre Harrell, who made that move happen. Yeah, shout out Andre, <laughs> the Allowed whole it to happen boy. in Westchester. So what was growing up in Manhattan like for you? Growing up in Manhattan was dope. I mean, I went to Central Park a lot. That was my spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just loved it, being around the office. Like, we lived a couple minutes away from the Bad Boy office, so yep. I would always go up there growing up and just watching my pops work. And On Broadway? Yeah, yep. being around as they were, you know, figuring out everything in the whole Bad Boy legacies so. yeah was your dad on tour a lot when you were real young yeah he was he so was definitely on tour a lot so obviously you went on tour with him mm-hmm. but sometimes but yeah but were you home a lot and he would just like yeah a lot of the time i was actually not always with my dad i was with my grandmother in columbus georgia so yeah there's like Whoa. three different parts of my life i was in new york then i went to atlanta and georgia for a little while and then los angeles so what's a little while like in georgia Three years. And what ages were you? It was like spread it out. So like the first time I went to Columbus to be with my grandma, I was like five years old, six years old. And then came back when I was about eight. And then after that, we went to, that's when we came to Alpine, New Jersey. Right on. And then we went to uh, Los Angeles. Well, what'd you like about being in Columbus, Georgia? Because that's like not the city. Yeah, it was different. (laughs) (laughs) It It was like a total culture shift. Like it was going from being in the city to being like in the country yeah so like you've seen a big central difference. park but this is like all yeah, grass yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all grass and nothing to do but yeah. i got to connect with my family a lot and just do the simple things that are like fun and that, that's the best thing for me just like you know playing football playing sports right just rapping with my friends or just just chilling not really doing too much or being around too many people just in an intimate space. So by the time you came back to New York, though, um, now you're talking like eight years old or whatever, and yeah, you had yeah. to leave whatever friends you made down there and start over again. Yeah, so uh-huh. were you in a new school at well, eight, out, nine? Yeah, out here, my brother Justin was always out here. So I always had that connection with sure. him and my uh, stepbrother Nico. Yep. My man's Cod Cash, the whole CYN crew. So New York was always the place where I had most of my friends. So that was never a problem making friends in New York. But in Columbus, Georgia, yeah. I also had family ties there. Like all of my cousins from my mom's side is over there. Right on. So finding friends was never really hard nowhere besides L.A. When I moved to L.A., it was a big difference. They was wearing skinny jeans, <laughs> a good different color pink jeans and all that. Like, you weren't into and I didn't have no friends. Yeah, it was jerking. It, yeah. it was just a whole different thing. I was into the Harlem Shake yeah. in New York. You know what I'm well, saying? yeah. So, what was your what was your style growing up, like like clothing wise? My style was always on the East New Coast, York based. Yeah. yeah, it was always New York culture based. But I can't lie, when I did move to LA, I was rock, rocking the Supers for a minute. Oh, sure, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm sad to say that the Supers, <laughs> the snapbacks, and all that. How tall did the Supers go though? <laughs> I was wearing the highest one with the strap. So extra. <laughs> <I know. laughs> But here in New York, though, like you had like baggier clothes. Like, did you uh, did you figure out your own style? Or listen, your father is a style icon. Yeah, was, yeah. Did you sort of get your cues from him? Um, we definitely did get cues from him growing up. My brother was a big influence on, on my style. Me and my brothers would switch it up all the time. Not always want to, you know, dance like 
my sure, pops yeah, and older yeah. people like that. So, but was there any type of like way you like wore your clothes that you were like, you know what, this is me? I like wearing jerseys back in the day a lot when I was younger. And after Jay said that jerseys were over, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was just talking with Dapper Dan about how Jay said jerseys was over. Yeah, but nah, yeah, it was it was after he said that. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I was keeping it alive for the young culture. <laughs> Yo, by, by the way, I gotta be very honest. Like Fab put up a, a throwback Thursday with all like with ten shots of yeah. like his greatest jerseys from all the like all the movies and TV yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. And I always was concerned for like him specifically and like maybe Birdman uh-huh. too because they had the biggest collections of throwback jerseys. And it's Word. like, well, what do you do? Like, just like keep them in a closet downstairs. And Wait, when did Jay say that jerseys was over? He said on the Black Album, because right. it was on the, the like Neptune's track. So yeah. I'm going to say uh, 2003. Yeah, that's yeah, right, so right? I, yeah. I was wearing jerseys around the time he said it was over. But he didn't a little tell after, you specifically, no. <laughs> nah, you didn't tell me that. He wasn't like, well, wait, you were how old? You were five? Yeah. You really are a 90s baby. <laughs> Word. But I mean, I'm a little towards the end, though. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> you say you take all of your, like, musical cues from that era, too. Mm-hmm. And I know from watching um, your dad's Instagram leading up to the Bad Boy reunion tour. Yeah. There was a lot of bad boy music being played at the house. Uh-huh. Is that like a regular thing? Is that music always being played or that era always being played? Um, nah, not at all. Usually through the house, it's a lot of more stuff like James Brown, Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson, a new edition, and of course, like, you know, stuff now. Sure. But um, really what the 90s music came from for me was when I just started studying the game and studying people like Nas and Snoop Dogg. Biggie, Wu-Tang, and that was later. That was like only three years ago when yeah. I started doing that. So back then when I was growing up, I, I didn't really know as much about these artists until I looked back recently. So what music did you like have in your life at an early age? I was listening to a lot of Bad Boy. I was listening to, <laughs> I remember I was a big fan of Bow Wow one time. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, Bow Wow was, uh, he was dope. Yep. Um, still is <laughs> some yeah, of us yeah, in the Bow Wow high for nah, sure. Bow, Bow yeah. Wow is definitely still dope. But yeah, yeah. Back then, that's what I was listening to. Um, Did you watch 106 and Park? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the AJ and yeah, 106 and Park was definitely big for me after school. Was Soldier Boy? Was there any part of you that wanted to be like Bow Wow and Soldier Boy, like to to sort of like take that leap? They were definitely inspiring because they were for the youth one of the biggest inspirations like we looked up to them so but was there any point where you were just like as like a you know eight-year-old kid nine-year-old kid being like oh i see that and i can do that yeah definitely because just seeing how young they were was like inspiring because you know my pops was a lot older than me but seeing someone that looked like he could be one of my peers Mm -hmm. doing it it just made the dream seem true but while you were in school did you have any extracurricular activities that you were involved in musically Mm -hmm. or sports wise or what'd you do that was outside of just class yeah, when it came to school, I was all in sports. Yeah. Yeah, it was never really any music. They don't make you play, like, recorder in third grade and then, like, you know, <laughs> an instrument nah, in fourth, uh, nothing, nothing like that? No. Like so what that. sports were you playing? Basketball, football. And were you, like, this is something that I can see doing after high school or? Nah, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I always knew my heart was in music. Mm-hmm. The basketball football never won me over to where I thought I would go into college for that mm-hmm. or really pursue that as like a dream. At what point did you move out to L.A.? Sixth grade. That's got to be just yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> did you know L.A. at all at that point? No. I mean, well, like the neighborhood and stuff, it was cool. We, we moved to Calabasas at the time. Yeah. It, it was dope. It was like around, you know, the Jenners and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Bieber and stuff. So like. It was kind of cool, you know, at the same time, it wasn't like LA is the worst place, but 
It was just a little different. Did you get used to the three-hour difference in terms of watching sports? Were you like, Sunday mornings, like, football comes on, you're just like, well, this is early, this is strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't really start watching sports crazy till about seventh and eighth grade. So yeah, yeah. That started when I moved out here. So the time difference didn't really affect me like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You lived in, in an area that had a lot of famous people. Uh-huh. Was that weird that you didn't have many people who were just sort of like maybe not famous around you? No, it was, it was a lot of people that weren't famous around me. It was it was rare. Like, we were like... Hashtag rare? Yeah. <laughs> we were like the rare ones in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like us, you know, the Jenners, um, Master P, family. Mm. Britney Spears was out there. Some basketball players from the Lakers and stuff. But like, people be like out, like watering their lawns, like, or like <laughs> yeah, you like, know, washing like, their cars. Yeah, like or, what's the most like regular thing you saw somebody famous do? Um, I, I didn't really see them. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm. they was hidden. <laughs> I just knew that they lived out there. I was friends with Master P. whole family. But yeah. besides that, I didn't really see, like, the basketball players and stuff. I just heard about them living in the neighborhood. Did you know your neighbors? Nah. <laughs> well, nah. Shout out JoJo Larson. That's my man. He lived down the hill. <laughs> when I first moved to L.A., he made me comfortable. My guy. <laughs> so what was high school and like Christy for you? And his sister, Christy. What was what was <laughs> what was what was high school like for you? Uh, it was dope. It was fun. Yeah, I love high school. Yeah. What was your school mascot's name? School mascot? I don't even know. I really do not know. You weren't like the yeah Cougars or yeah the Huskies, nothing like that. Nah. Did you go to high school? <laughs> 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 now nah, the mu- mascot wasn't really like a big big thing for real. For that real. is the big thing. <laughs> in high school. He came out in like about? like two football games. You would see him. That's it. Did you get your driver's license at 16 out there? Nah, I was mad late. I got my driver's license at 18. What was the holdup? I just wasn't really ready. I don't know. I never really well, did had you... the interest to go and get my permit. The permit was the real holdup. I mm-hmm. didn't take that that whole process and the driving, teacher and all that. I wasn't, uh, you weren't I wasn't about into it. that. No. <laughs> I want to talk about you actually like having a driving teacher, though. Yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't. Oh, you didn't have it nah. ever? Who taught you how to drive? My mom. My grandpa. And are you a good driver? Of course. I'll be whipping. I got the Bentley Coupe, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sub-Zero Mobile. Can you parallel park? Yes. <laughs> but I don't do it. <laughs> Were you, like, in, like, a parking lot, like, practicing? Or was it just, like, on your property or? In the neighborhood? Yeah. So you drive by Britney Spears' house and, like, you know, try <laughs> not to. Horn yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, I only don't lived, lived in Calabasas for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to, um... North Hollywood. Two yeah. years in Calabasas seems like it's enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to get up out of there. Yeah. It got annoying. But you went to the same high school all four years? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What was prom like for you? It was lit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I went to like five proms. Like five girls asked me to prom. <laughs> it was a little crazy. Did you say yes to every single one of them? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, five <laughs> different schools? Oh, no. Okay. So like, it was one. Three different schools. Were there two girls at one prom and you were just like, well, I'll go with both those girls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, for real though. <laughs> that was my first prom I ever went to. I was a um, freshman. Wow. Did you tear up the dance floor or what? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wave spinning all that. I had the half moon in. The good white and black suit. I wasn't prom king, so. But 
It got me a little yeah, tight. Yeah, do you want to do you want to come at the king right now? Is that why is it? that why you are yeah. King Combs? Nah, sorry. Yeah. He got <laughs> that. Like, it's he little, got that one. It's a fuck you to basically like everyone who didn't king, vote for I'm you. I'm the king yeah. in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about your sweet sixteen, or I guess it's not really a sweet sixteen when you're a guy. What did, it was swerving sixteen. Swerving. C three swerving sixteen. But by the way, you didn't have a car to swerve in. <laughs> <laughs> swerving in the back of the back, back of the back. But yeah, what was that experience like? It was fun. That was actually where I got the name King Combs because at first it was C3. Mm-hmm. C3 stands for Christian Casey Combs. Mm-hmm. I got three C's in my name and yep. all that. So, yeah, it, it was a good time. We had Meek Mill perform, Kendrick yeah, Lamar. That, oh, those are pretty good. And, yeah. uh, and French. Shout out French. Yeah, shout out to uh, French. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to pick what songs they played? No, nah, it was a surprise. Oh. Yeah. My oh. pop surprised me with them. Wait, that's what did you dumb. think was happening? I don't really know. I was just hyped to have it at One Oak. Yeah. Yeah. But like you knew that it was like your your 16th birthday party. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were like going to a restaurant. And he was just like, oh, I have to just stop in here. Oh, first. No, no, no. I knew it was my party. Yeah. Okay, okay. I knew it was about to be on tilt. I had the whole <laughs> guest list ready. Five hundred people. Five hundred people. At yeah, one thousand of- ended up came, you, coming. Did, up. Did, wait, how many did you know? Like, All of them? Nah, no, that's the thing. I <laughs> yeah. only knew like you knew seven people. Yeah. Three hundred, four hundred, and the rest was like. Just kids from yeah, like high ones. school and stuff. Yeah. What time of day was it? Was it at night? Yeah. Uh-huh. Whoa. Imagine you roll up to One Oak and you expect like, yeah, I go there all <laughs> the time. And all of a sudden you can't get in the door and you're just like, what's up? And it's like, oh, it's a Swerving 16 party like tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what actually got me hype about that day was I had the billboard right on One Oak. So that was like my favorite thing about that night. Damn. Yeah, that was crazy. That's got to be so weird. <laughs> That's got to be so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Where it was yeah. fun. So, all right. So Wait, Meek- that night was not sponsored by Ciroc. Nah, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. (laughs) So Meek, Kendrick, and French all performed. Yeah. Were they seated at your table? Nah, they just came out of nowhere. Oh. Yeah. I was on the stage just vibing and out of nowhere you just heard, Meek Millie. (laughs) (laughs) Was the cake crazy? Yeah, the cake was definitely crazy. It was mad tall. <laughs> yep. Had a crown on it. Did and you have any of it? Or is it like a wedding where it's like Damn, you just like I talk didn't to have everybody? No cake. No cake? No cake? No cake. Damn. But Zendaya sang me happy birthday, so. Oh, wait, hold up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. You didn't mention Zendaya when you mentioned the other three, so okay. <laughs> you had a thousand people at your Sweet 16. Uh-huh. Um, how do you go back to school the same person the next day? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I came back King Combs. <laughs> Did you have teachers refer to you as King Combs from then on? One. And it was my history teacher. He got me tight. <laughs> <laughs> now he's history. When you go back to school, are you concerned about the SATs or the ACTs or whatever the tests are called nowadays? Like, like going into your junior and senior year? Like, was that a big deal to you? Um... Did you take the SAT? It definitely was because I knew it was a really long test, and I never did good with those filling the, the, the scantron yeah, sheets. Filling yeah, the yeah. scantron, yeah, I never did good with those. So, yeah, it was a big deal, and I thought like, yo, if I don't do this, I'm not gonna get into USC, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So was USC sort of like the place you would have gone to? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was the place I was gonna go to. But yeah. Then, when I got the deal with Epic and stuff, mm-hmm. I just decided to take the music serious and take some time off from school because I was missing a lot of class anyways just because of being busy traveling working so i thought taking a break would be smartest decision was your father and your mom i mean was was everybody like pushing like college on you like is that or what was your interest in college um my family was pushing college on me a little bit not pushing it on me they was making me make my own decision Mm -hmm. but they was 
telling me that education is really, really important. So keep that in mind. And yeah, I just didn't feel like I should go at that time. Right. When did you really start to get into rap? I really started like really, really taking it serious and going to the studio regularly when I was like 16. And was your father aware? Yeah, he was aware, but it was like a situation where I would bring him tracks and be like, yo, what you feel about this? What you feel about that? When I would feel like it was ready. And what did he say at 16? Yeah, did he think you were <laughs> yeah, ready? The, the first song I actually played him was called Believe, and I performed it for him with my friends and stuff. And he loved it. Like He was like, yo, let's shoot this video ASAP. Blah. What and happened? <laughs> we didn't actually end up putting that song <laughs> yeah, out. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you didn't have the resources, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> so in the middle of your high school career and you're starting to take music more seriously, are mm-hmm. there other kids your age who are in that same boat? Are they like, yo, we take music seriously too? And like, do you have any ciphers? Do you have any like rap crews in your high school? Yeah, I was actually at school at the time with Willow Smith. Oh, oh shit. And, uh, yeah, she's taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Mac-, Mac 10's son, his name is DJ. That's dope. He, he put out music with, uh, his name is District 21. Okay. So yeah, I had peers that was doing music too, and there was a lot of you know freestyle sessions going on in in, in school. But the teachers would get mad at that, so I didn't really involve. <laughs> I, I didn't get involved in that all the time. I was cool. <laughs> so, do you have a studio at the crib? Yes. And is that taken a lot, or is it something where you have to like reserve time in your own house at the at the studio? <laughs> we got reserve time. Yeah, really. <laughs> Facts. Damn. Well, who are you competing against in the in trying to get the studio? Nah, it's just because. My pops know how me and CYMB, it's going to be a party in there if we get a studio <laughs> session. So I got my own studio in Hollywood. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. That's dope. We got to make sure it's productive if we use that studio. Not book time. It got to be a productive session. Right. That's a better way to put it. Was there any time growing up where you just wanted to like go downstairs, go to the kitchen, just be like a normal teen experience? And then there was somebody that was there and you were just like, fuck, like, why is like French Montana in my kitchen right now? <laughs> like, and I just want to have cereal. Nah, man, I love Frenchie. I love everybody who pull up to the crib, you know, show love. We show them hospitality. I never really felt that way, to be honest. Nah. Do you always uh, wear the, the white slippers when you when you go into the kitchen? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Gotta have a Gucci slides. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but never shoes, though. Nah. Take uh, your shoes off? Yeah, no shoes. By the end of high school, when you're taking rap seriously and you're thinking about it as a career, uh-huh. listen, your your father is a label owner. Yeah. Um, he has a 20-plus year history in the game. Mm-hmm. How do you approach someone like that, not just your father, but a professional, and say, you know what? I really want to make this my career, too. Were you nervous? Um, well, he, he he really knew since, like I told you, I was telling him when I was younger. And as growing up, he would always ask me over and over again, yo, you still want to be a rapper, right? You still want to take this serious? And then he had the conversation with me when I would come and show him songs. And we would really talk about my future. And he would just say, like, yo, you got to take it really, really serious. You can't play around um, with your it. Your father famously does not write his own rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, was it important for you, too? Yes, it was. I felt like that would have made me different, and I didn't want to rely on anybody. Like I want to write a rhyme when I'm on vacation. Or I want to write a rhyme when I'm chilling with my girl. Or any any situation, I want to be able to express myself, and I don't want anyone else to be talking for me. You got to write your own rhymes, find your own beats, figure out your own sound. You can't expect there to be people doing it for you because you don't want to, at the end of the day, depend on nobody 
for your whole career. So he was just made sure that I took it serious and that I wanted to be the greatest at what I did and not play around with it. So totally. I know I got big shoes to fill, and that's what has to happen. Well, even even with that said, your father is a veteran of like the the label system, right? Mm-hmm. Was there any thought on your end where you're just like, you know what? I want to put my shit out on SoundCloud and I want to do shows like independently and I want to sort of like build my brand the way I want to build it, not the way that like maybe the record industry was built over how many years ago? Well, I was always creating this stuff by myself. I wasn't really thinking too deep into the record label and about, you know what I'm saying, Bad Boy and how other people would feel about it. And I do have a SoundCloud, King Combs. Yep. And that's why I dropped my whole mixtape on because yep. the label wasn't ready to drop that yet. Mm-hmm. So... I just let that out for the people to have a vibe for free. So, it's, yeah, it's out right now on SoundCloud, 90s Baby. Yep. We saw the numbers on that, and I think the label should have been ready, but whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one of the lines you had where you said, um, on 90s Baby, you said, people are asking where Bad Boy's been at. Yeah. And King Cone's bringing bring, Bad Boy back. Now, did your father feel any way about that line? Nah, he liked it. Oh, okay. When he heard that song, sometimes it's a good thing when he doesn't talk. He heard that song and didn't even say nothing. He was like, that's fire right there. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> What's the most impassioned speech your father has given you? The most passionate speech? Because your father does give passionate speeches. Yeah, definitely. It's been a lot. I would say when he was talking to me and my brothers and was really like, yo, like trying to get us to pay attention, put away the phone, stop thinking of girls, anything we doing after this. He's like, yo, it's time now to really take this shit serious. Y'all got to step into the bad boy legacy, Combs Enterprises, and really hold your own. And everyone has to play their position. So he was telling me like, yo, as the artist, you need to go crazy. You need to start working on your rhymes more. You need to deliver more. Told my brother what he need to do. Now my brother's going to Harvard told Quincy you know what I'm saying just I would say when he gave us that speech like yo it's time to get serious and that How was like was that? half a year ago wow yeah, wow. yeah and you took his words to heart yeah yeah definitely. you put your phone away <laughs> you stopped concentrating on girls <laughs> yeah. finally De- got your driver's license yeah yeah <laughs> We just want to take a second to interrupt this podcast with King Combs to tell you that, Jeff, we've gotten a lot of emails, a lot of text messages, a lot of tweets saying, hey, I bought an It's The Real t-shirt and I have one issue. It's not dressy enough. It is. Well, okay. I have another issue and that is that laundry day comes too often and my purple AKA t-shirt, the one that I'm so happy that I bought has gotten dirty. So what do we do? We made it in black. We made it in black. So now you won't look like you just have one t-shirt that you wear all the time on Instagram to promote your friends, Eric and Jeff, and their thing, It's The Real. So if you've bought one in purple, if you haven't bought one in purple, if you want to support your boys, here's what you can do. Go to itstherealcom slash shop today. You can go and find both kinds of t-shirts, black and purple. And we also have some on sale from our Rockefeller show and our LA show where we did one like the Lakers logo, which is super dope. But our AKA t-shirts, that one that we started this ad for, are on sale right now. Go to itstherealcom slash shop. And now, back to King Combs. What was the difference between studio sessions when you were just in high school and then when you like became King Combs that we all know? Yeah, I would say in high school and 
those studio sessions were more like alone probably me one more other person and like the engineer and now it's like 30 people sometimes in the studio it's like a party in the studio and that's what you want which sometimes yeah, which, yeah really? i was gonna say which sometimes is a bad thing and sometimes i don't want it but it just gets out of control and sometimes it helps for the energy and i just feel like in the beginning i had to build that confidence for myself to have those people in the room and feel comfortable yeah. and now i do so I mean, yeah. I feel like you have confidence. I mean, like your dance-offs with uh, Rihanna, you. <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, like what was that like? Because I'm sure it just feels very normal to you. Okay, who's the best dancer in your family? King Combs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Bold. I know. I yeah. mean, like it got so much attention. Word. I woke up the next morning, like kind of surprised, because, like you said, it was kind of regular for me just to be dancing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, it's Rihanna, so let me erase that. It wasn't regular because <laughs> I'm not around her all the time. No, she's know, she, not regular, but yeah, the experience yeah. is regular. Yeah, she yeah. a goat, so yeah. Yeah. it was a big thing, but it wasn't like we were thinking about it. We was really trying to battle. We was just really just playing around. Right. So to see it everywhere the next day was crazy. <laughs> you don't get Google alerts. Like, you don't, do you even know what a Google alert is? No. Nah, okay. Nah. <laughs> That's why you have, like, a team around you. Who knows? Okay. Does your phone, when you, when you log into Twitter, do you just get verified accounts? Do you choose not to, like, hear, like, all the bullshit that, like... Twitter? I don't know why. I never was, like, good at Twitter. Mm-hmm. I never was on Facebook and Twitter, so those I'm not really... You just do you Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't really get notifications for that, but I do have a Twitter at King Combs. I'm starting to get back on it. When you meet somebody new, do you just exchange Instagrams or do you actually like say, here's my email? If anything, Instagram. That's so crazy. No one uses email anymore. You it's exchange just, emails right isn't now? That, yeah, I know. I'm so old. I know. <laughs> I'm an 80s baby. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you aware of the term 80s baby? And yeah. where that came from? Yeah, I mean, I was, but nah, not really. Not like, like Sycamore. That. You know Sycamore? The A&R? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, who works with Travis Scott and everything over yeah. at Interscope. Um, or and he, he spoke he, at the Revolt Music Conference. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. Be, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he created this firestorm when he was living in New York and he was blogging. Blogs are an old thing that used to be like a longer tweet. You know? Yeah. Uh, I just feel like we need to explain everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so Sycamore was working at Double XL like on a freelance basis. Which was a magazine yeah, yeah, and yeah, magazines yeah. have paper. You don't... Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Right. It's like a longer blog. <laughs> yeah. So... He was, he was over there and he created this thing talking about 80s babies and the internet just went crazy. crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. because people you know either fell on one side or the other and you had a certain sort of feeling if you were on either side. Um, now being a 90s baby, do you feel, and again, like you're growing up in a certain age where people don't want to hear that 90s music and people mm-hmm. don't want to like, you know, get on tracks that have anything more than just like, you yeah, know, like drums and maybe like one... Yeah. Like lead line, right? Where a lot of kids your age, they 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 don't embrace the '90s the way that you do. Yeah, definitely don't. Yeah. yeah. Why do you take that that sort of path? I just feel like it's a breath of fresh air, and this music. When I listen to it, I feel a different way. So I'm trying to get you know the younger generation to feel that way also. And I have come across you know a couple of my friends being honest, just being in a car with them playing a couple of my songs because I got songs like Type Different, Fuck the Summer Up. Yep. I also got songs like Love You Better, mm-hmm. Eyes on See, Bad Girl. And they would tell me like, yo, you should s- keep doing songs like Fuck the Summer Up or yo, you should, you know, Type Different or yo, you seen Lil Yachty, he's blowing up right now, those type of sound. So it goes both ways. Like, And I do do different styles of music, yeah. so that's a good thing about it. But if I think it's true to me to, you know what I'm saying? Show 100%. that, then that's what I got to do. Because, like, when you start, like, doing someone else's sound and just to, like, yeah, get yeah. it out there, it, it doesn't last. Yeah, that's one of the most important things, just being unique and being true to yourself. So 
when I am feeling the trap vibe and there's a beat that, you know what I'm saying, attracts my attention, mm-hmm. I hop on that. But most of the time, it is some of the nostalgic vibes. And some of the nostalgic beats, I would never hop on. You know what I'm saying? Talk about some it. Some of them just <laughs> have to, some of them have to spark my interest. Well, also, so there's these things, these these 20-year cycles of nostalgia, right? Like right. things 20 years ago are coming back in now. And you mm-hmm. hear that like when... Ty Dolla Sign gets into that bad boy era and he puts out a song that sounds like it could have, you know, happened yeah. back in 98. Right. And that's in or now. Or even like Migos and Stir Fry. All of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Facts. So you're hitting maybe on the right thing and this was just <laughs> natural to you, you know? Yes, sir. How did you meet Smokey Margiela, who is the one person who's younger than you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I met Smokey Margiela in Quad, actually. How Out long here. ago was that, bit? Like, like two, two, three years ago. And he came up there with my man's Jelly, and they were just playing me tracks. They came in, they met, they met Bay before, right? Oh well, it was it was our first day meeting them all. I forget how they exactly came into my studio room. Oh, my my man's Kev. His name is PJ Kev. My mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. PJ Kev brought them into my studio room. Yo, I want you to meet this kid. Some my Jella from the Bronx, whatever. And this before he popped or anything. So he's not like you know aligned with ASAP or any of that. No, not yet, not yet. Yeah. And then they played me his stuff, playing Jelly stuff. I I thought it was dope. And then we really didn't. It didn't click too much after that. We exchanged numbers and then went our separate ways. And then he did a song with my man's Bay before he did a song with me. Mm-hmm. And it sound fire. I'm like, yo, who this? He's like, yo, that's that Smokey kid. I'm like, oh, nah, nah, nah. I gotta get a song with him. <laughs> so then later he came to LA, and this is after he linked up with ASAP and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, that's what's up. Boom, we just met. And then to see him do all that is like crazy. It's like, oh, you coming up right now? So we did the song Feeling Savage, mm-hmm. and I knew that was fire. Showed that to my whole camp. Everybody loved it. And I just decided to put it out. And Smokey's special too. He works fast, like. He went in the booth and he did Feeling Savage in like 15 minutes. Whoa. How long does it take you to work? Sometimes it's quick like that. Sometimes, you know, we can just go in there off the top. And sometimes I like to take my time with it. Do you listen to the radio? Yeah. Like LA radio or like, we talking about like Sirius or something like that? Sometimes. I like New York radio. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. such a... Well, yeah. I LA mean, is such a specific like... Bad. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like... They're still uh, playing Pipple out yeah. there. That's, that's what LA radio is. <laughs> It's true. It's yeah. true. Every yeah. time we go out there, it's just like let's hook up the the iPhone. Like let's not yeah. do that. But I feel like since I graduated, that's when I started being on the aux more. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was in you know school and stuff, I was listening to the radio before and after school. Right. Do you now consider yourself more of a West Coast guy, or are you still an East Coast guy, or are you a Miami guy? Mm. Yeah, yeah, East Coast. All day. You know we do be jet skiing in Miami. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. Got the jet ski piece <laughs> shining. <laughs> Who's your favorite celebrity chef? Favorite your- chef who cooks for a celebrity? Nah, I ain't gonna lie. Most of the time growing up, I did not have a private chef. It was my mom's cooking. You gotta give her props. Shout out to her. I will absolutely she give her. fried yeah. chicken cooking in the kitchen. My grandma. I, I, I gotta give it to them. They was my real chefs growing up. If you go over to like Rick Ross's house, he's got his private chef. You got, you know, <laughs> TJ Khaled, you know, has his private chef. You know, all these people. Yeah. Is there yeah. one that you prefer out of all those? Remy Ma. Really? Remy Ma herself. Oh, no, yeah, but she cooks. Yeah, that's different. That's actually, when I made the song Love You Better, Yep, we were in French's living room. In Calabasas. It was me, Chris, French, and Remy Ma was cooking shrimp and grits, fried chicken, fish, 
all of that. <laughs> she's nice. No, yeah, bro, she's nice. I just heard about it. So she cooked for somebody else too, and I was just do like, you, "That's amazing." Yeah. Do you just say like yes and thank you, or are you, are you like, you know what? I like mine a little more. Like, nah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, send it back. Like, yes, on thank Remy you. Ma. <laughs> yes, Kidding? thank you. Please. <laughs> Can you cook? A little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Whip up the eggs in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You can look on my gram, see cooking with King Combs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that Instagram is the most important part of social media for you? Yeah, for me it is. So Because that was the first form of social media I ever did. I was never on MySpace, Facebook, anything. I was really, like, hidden from that. No, they didn't let me get on social media <laughs> until I was, like, a certain age. So Did you want to? No, I wasn't tripping, to be yeah. honest. No, you I didn't want to be on Facebook? I was more on Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Saints Row. <laughs> yeah, no. Was that something where 2K. like, yo, you're playing a lot of video games. Like, get out. <laughs> like, do something else. I was never like a game head like that where I'm on Xbox Live and stuff all day. I downloaded Fortnite just to see like what everybody was talking about. I died like, you know, not <laughs> uh-huh. not super quick, but I died quick enough. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you assume like the person who killed you, their body or whatever. Whoa. So then you can just like watch what they're doing. And then I saw how good they were, and I was like, fuck this game, and I deleted it immediately. It took me like an hour to download it, and I was just like, fuck this. I'm glad you told me that, because I haven't tried it yet, and it did take me an hour to download, and that's why I yeah. didn't try it. Oh, it's no. just, no. Mm-mm. No. It's but just nah, like, I don't know. It Everybody takes a lot of work. Like no. How they like it like that? I don't Because it's one of those things where it's like you have to spend like a million hours getting good at it. And it's, like, the most useless skill. But isn't like, that crazy that that became, like, a form of social media? Like, where people were just, like... Like, Drake was on it one day, and it became yep. every, like, trending topic on Twitter. Yeah. Just right. because he was playing Fortnite. Well, it's also, like, super popular on Twitch, which, like, is another thing that we just know nothing about. Right. <laughs> do you do Twitch? Nah, I don't. Okay. But that's crazy. That's how you just see the power of hip-hop, how Drake made that at, that game just go super crazy. A hundred I know a lot of my friends started playing it after that. Yeah. Asking me to get on it, all that. If you want to, like, premiere a song, you go to Instagram first? Nah, I, I don't really like showing the music before it comes out because sometimes it doesn't come out longer than you expect right unless it's like something i'm about to drop soon then yeah i will use instagram instagram live you know? who's the most consistent person showing up in your instagram lives <laughs> my brother quincy oh <laughs> he always be popping up on my life he gets the indication he's like Oop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fact you guys all have like different roles within bad boy you're the artist mm-hmm Prince uh, Justin is the more the business, yeah. yeah. And then what is Quincy? And Quincy is also the artist, and he acts, mm-hmm. yeah. And what about the he's twins? on the show, um, Star on Fox right now. Oh, nice, mm. that's super. Dope. And the twins, uh, they get into modeling, and wow. some they play instruments too. Like oh, actually, piano. you're getting into modeling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Just right, yeah, just sure. something light. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> just fashion week, but whatever. Word. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, so it's kind of hard for me to remember sometimes. Like, like really, really out of nowhere? Yeah, really out of nowhere. Like, I never planned to doing nothing like that, and they literally called my mom and was like, "Hey, this Dolce Gabbana, we would like to have Christian Combs walk Milan." I was like, "What? <laughs> I need to be honest, bro." I did not know how Milan looked or nothing about Milan, so <laughs> I thought I was about to be around. Some Asian people or something like that. (laughs) I I didn't know what it was about to be. You were shocked when you got off that airplane. Well, to be fair, you sucked at your history class. So (laughs) that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. (laughs) So wait. So when you did model for them, because you did walk down the runway, right? Yeah. Like, did you overthink about walking? Like, were you just like, "What is my walk? Like, how do I walk?" Nah, because I knew they just wanted me to be myself. Because I was really confused of why I was going out there. Because I was, (laughs) I was like, I don't do nothing like yeah with this. So I knew they just wanted me to be myself and just walk like King Combs. And you didn't trip? 
Nah, nah. Not yeah. figuratively, not literally. You didn't trip at all. Not at no. all. How'd you do on the stage when you graduated high school? I did good. Yeah? You yeah. didn't trip then either? Nah, nah. Shake with a hand, take with the left? Yeah. I don't remember the last time I tripped. <laughs> <laughs> not on the football field, not like on the stage. No, nope, hold on. Let me really remember. I really don't remember when I last time I tripped. You weren't like walking on a New York City sidewalk and like just like caught the, you know. Oh. This is like I did my research or something like yeah. that. Like I knew like, like you know, really like I did deep. trip in the sidewalk in New York City. I was walking in Times Square. I had McDonald's in my hand. I was mad <laughs> young. I was going to the studio with my brother, like probably 10 years old, and I tripped, spilled all my McDonald's like in the crosswalk. It was crazy. It was I think we just got a page six headline <laughs> right now. <laughs> Nah, that is low-key weird. Who told you I tripped before? You didn't know No, I, I promise well, not. No, it's yeah. that everybody trips. I know, yeah. <laughs> Facts. Wait, so not you, special. You, you, lost, you lost all your food then? Nah, but I definitely lost my McFlurry. Damn. R.I.P. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's a McDonald's like two blocks from here. You can go right after this. <laughs> here we out. Who was your favorite member of Making the Band? Favorite member of Making... I don't remember none of the names. What? Ooh. Nah, I don't. You're supposed to remember just one. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah. That rings a bell. You don't remember uh, Ness? Listen, I'm going to tell you all what I remember. Yeah. I was on the set of Making the Band, and my thing was I couldn't do it without laughing. <laughs> so I was not paying attention to nothing. I was just trying so hard not to laugh. Because <laughs> like, you had to be quiet on set, and I was like right there. So yeah. if I laugh, it would just blow the whole <laughs> thing. So, so that's you, all I remember from Making the Band. You got to bring back the, the No Bitch Ass Ness t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's wavy. Triple XL. Yeah, I've got mine. Y- yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> is it large? Is it? Mine's a double XL. Oh, nice. Or, no, triple XL. No. Yeah. When the opportunity came to sign a recording contract, mm-hmm. was there any question that you were going to go anywhere else except Bad Boy Records? Yeah, I wasn't going to go to Good Music. Really? Yeah. You had that conversation? Yeah. My With- uncle T Mills, he told me that you know Kanye was interested, but it just didn't work out. Epic was the right way to go. Well, hold up, wait, 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 wait. So you you sat down with them and even talked about it? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Where were you ready for that? I mean, yeah, I was ready. I thought I was ready, no matter what what label. Yeah. Did your dad know? Uh huh. Or is he just finding out right now? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he knew. <laughs> wow. And then, then you went into to Epic and you sat down with L.A. or who who was there at the time? Yeah, um, L.A. Reid and my pops, me, my uncle D-Rock. And wait, so what was it that Epic and said? Uncle like, Paulie, can't forget about my uncle Paulie. What was it that Epic said that like swayed you that way? It was just the relationship I had with L.A. Reid. And your father. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a relationship with his sons, too. I, I knew them from since I was young. And I could tell he believed in me. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to any other bad boy artists to figure out what the label was like? Nah. <laughs> I didn't talk to any artists about the deal and about any signing. Mm-hmm. When the bad boy situation closed, uh, how did you want to announce it? It was a surprise. Like It was when, your when birthday. Okay, like, <laughs> when I actually found out, I was told to keep it a secret for a minute. And then when, I, when it came out to the public, the public knew before I like knew. So is that tough for you to not talk about that, like in your everyday life too, like a little bit? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or did you tell everybody? <laughs> and you're like, you know, you had to be like, yeah, like I'm being quiet about this, but right? Like, Your willow. I, I just told, <laughs> yeah. I just told like my close friends, you know. Yeah. That I knew we'll keep the secret. In the time that you've been over at Epic, 
Have you been recording just constantly? Yeah, I was recording a lot. Where did the idea come from to do the 90s Baby Mixtape? It wasn't like I said, yo, I'm about to do this 90s Baby Mixtape, and then I created the music. I created the music, and then I had so many songs that had samples. And I was just like, damn, what am I about to do with all this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, why not just put out a mixtape free to let people vibe with it? I, I put out the single with Chris Brown. Yeah. And I just I just felt it was time for them to hear it. Have you ever had a problem at a door? Like going to clubs and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Have you really? Yeah, because I don't like to be like, yo, you know who I am? If they don't know, they just don't know. Yeah. So you're just like, all right, cool. And just keep it moving? Yeah. But do you like hand over your ID and stuff? Or is it like you have a handler <laughs> nah, who's nah, like, nah. yeah. Nah, I don't, I don't have my ID. And I'm not 21 yet. So oh, I'm no, I, I know yeah, you're yeah, not 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This podcast yeah. is not sponsored by Ciroc. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we saw you down at Fader Fort mm-hmm. at South By. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you did not have a problem with the door there. <laughs> uh, but you walked in. Was that your first time down in Austin for South By? You want to know who did have a problem with door? Who's that? Smokey Margella had a problem with I the door? was so nervous I'm like man because he wasn't in and I was calling him right before I was performing like yo where you at bro where you at where you at and he's like yo I'm trying to find the interest tell somebody come get me <laughs> so our, our song is like the fourth song right and then my DJ messes up and plays the song second so I'm like, oh, it's over. I'm going to have to do this hook without Smokey. It's like an awkward situation. And out of nowhere, Smokey comes up. Hey, go y'all the yeah. way. Yeah. That's so the best lit. entrance ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that made me happy. I was I was hyped. Another birthday surprise. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you get to like politic with like SOBRBE and like everybody else who was on that stage? Um, nah, I didn't, unfortunately. I kind of got there, performed, and then after, had an interview. Mm. And we went to the studio. What'd I you, saw that your dad was on like FaceTime with like the guys over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like what? I saw that too. I was like, oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of the whole like situation down at South by? Like, yeah, I liked it. South by was it was dope. I remember I went there last year for my first time, and that was a good experience. It was the first time I was really on my own, just with my boy, and performing at small venues, not worrying about how big a venue was. You yep. know, just intimate crowds. It was dope. Yeah, it's not something where you like need to go network around, right. you know, yeah. Austin, Texas, or anything like that, <laughs> like exchange Instagrams or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So. <laughs> with the success of '90s Baby, and with people like having a real idea of who you are and mm-hmm. what you're about, and you know your values and your sound and yeah. your, your just your vibe. What do you want to do next? I mean, do you want to do an EP? Is it something where you're like, let me do a full project? Do you yeah. want to do only seven I wanna, songs? I want to drop yeah. an album next. I don't know how many songs. I don't know about all of that. I just know I want to drop an album. It's going to be fire. I got the CYN tape about mm-hmm. to come. If you see on my mixtape, damn near all the features is CYN. And by the way, yep. everybody's named CYN something. But yeah. nobody Except knows for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm CYN C3, but it was just my project. So I went by King Combs. Right. By the way, and nobody knows what CYN stands for. Yeah, it's a secret. It's actually a double meaning. Okay. So Since Santana. I could tell you oh. one. I could yeah. tell you one meaning. And the one meeting is spell CYN backwards. Ah. Yeah. All right. So we all from New York City. That's that. And the other one is a secret. Unfortunately, I can't tell y'all that one. I mean, it's obviously since Santana's. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you were around the Bad Boy reunion, which is now like, is that a year and a half ago, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did it mean as much to you as it meant to all of us who watched it? Yeah, it did. Because 
Well, actually, it didn't like really click to me that it was like our last time performing with everybody till like towards the end, because I was really just so excited about the fact that I was a part of that legacy and yeah. being able to perform with them. But yeah, it, it was a it was a big moment for me. Every time they performed, every show, I was excited. It was never a dull moment. Did you know everyone beforehand? I knew all of them. Yes, but like, did I remember? Like, no, right. not really. I knew yep. them as I was like a child. Right. I didn't really know Toto that well, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't know Carl Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, so were they like, I oh, knew Kim Mace, you're taller than locks. you used to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Who would you hang out with, French? Like, Yeah, French. Yeah. Mace, cool. Yep. Everybody cool, really. Was there your favorite part of the set? The locks. Yeah. yeah. When they perform high. That mm. was crazy. Are you saying that because we're from Westchester? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but that was just like my favorite part because it was in the beginning. It was when the pregame jitters was really at an all-time high. Yeah. But then right before I performed, they pre- they performed some of my favorite songs like Whoa by Black Rob, yeah. Can't You See, mm-hmm. More Money, More Problems. I mean. That was all right when I was performing. So that was one of my favorite parts. But I can't say it was my favorite just because, you know, I was under the stage. Sure. Right. Yeah. When I was watching, was during the locks. Did you go to where's it's outside of like Philadelphia or whatever? Yeah, that like private the um, rehearsal space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out there. Is that crazy? Yeah, that was dope. It was a real big space because it's it it's in the middle of nowhere. Wild. Yeah, yeah. And I did figure that out after <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> How long like, were you out there for? Out there for like four days. It's just that building and then mm-hmm. like the hotel, right? Yeah, and nothing else. Nothing. Did Did you have a private chef there? No. Damn. <laughs> was like, Remy Ma cooking? I know, yeah. What yeah. are your food options out there? Facts. I know you just met with Dapper Dan. Yeah. What else are you up to while you're in New York? Um, I'm about to go to Sugar Plums. It's my cousin's restaurant. That's Shout out Sugar Plums. If you're in New York, New Rochelle, go there. All right. And then I'm out. Then yeah, that's it. I go to LA. Got to work on the music video. Love You Better music video. About to drop in a few days. Everybody stay tuned. It's you and Chris crazy. Brown. Yeah, yeah, me and Chris Brown. Who's shooting the it? The whole CYN. Um, Andrew, his name is. We don't get a last name, just no. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hmm. Andrew, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, there's two Andrews. There's actually two of them <laughs> together that they Sandler, work together. So, yeah. There's two Andrew directors. I think it's Sander. No, no, no. One's the executive oh. producer. Oh. Oh, the Andrew. Oh, the Andrew. Andrew with a capital A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's either, it's just good for you because like if you run into like someone you're just like uh, Andrew and they're yeah. just like uh, chances are yeah. yes yeah probably good yeah Paris for Virgil's show Paris we're about to go to Paris on in like three days are you modeling I'm sitting front row actually oh, okay oh. and it's his first time doing LV. doing Louis Vuitton right so and he's doing an off white show so we're doing two shows out there that's so dope. that's history you do understand what what. France is like though, as opposed to the Milan situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's not. It's not. It's not Japan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I actually been to Paris. It's about to be my second time out there. Yeah, yeah, it was and dope. Is this the biggest apartment you've ever been in? <laughs> <laughs> low key, low key. <laughs> so, what do you miss about New York City? The people, the vibe. I feel like when I'm out here, I'm a little more hungry. Because you dropped your McDonald's. <laughs> Congratulations to you and the whole CYN team. Thank you, sir. And CYN, stand up. Yeah. Or are you saying that to you guys? Like, literally to stand up right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> He's slumped. <laughs> um, but really, congratulations on everything. Welcome back to the East Coast. And 
have a great time overseas. Thank you so much. Right on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about us. I'm Eric. You're Jeff. Together, we are It's The Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on in the day-to-day of It's The Real, where can they you can always go to itsthereal.com, specifically go to itsthereal.com slash shop. It's The Real is always spelled with no apostrophes, no spaces, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L. You can always go to find our podcast on iTunes, search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, or you can go on soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. If you're looking for our music, you can go on any streaming platform, including soundcloud itunes apple music title 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 go listen to the carter's album then go listen to the rosenthal's album and if you're looking for us on social media we are at twitter at it's the real instagram at it's the real and all the other ones don't really matter (laughs) you know what i saw that facebook is making this comeback but they just linked up with fox news i'm really not fucking with facebook no fuck it over. No. It's over for them. The only Facebook stuff that we're going to do is on Instagram. Yeah. Jeff, one thing that we love to do is shout out our loyal listeners out there because we feel like the good energy and the good vibes and the good recommendations of this podcast go far and wide. So, who would you like to shout? I want to shout out Miss Beatrice hey. on Twitter and Instagram. Miss Beatrice, who once had a podcast supposedly with Officially Ice. Right. And uh, neither one of them admitted anymore. Well, shout out to her, shout out to Ice, and thank you guys for always supporting us. I want to shout out our guy down there in Dallas, Texas, Josh, aka Smiles, also known as Music Man 88 on Twitter, who is a big time, big time supporter of It's the Real, always telling people the episodes that he's listening to, always shouting us out, and always hitting us up to let us know that we're doing a great job. We want to tell Josh that he's doing a great job. And shout out to everybody who's been buying t-shirts at itsthereal.com slash shop. Our AKA t-shirts, once again in purple and now in black, are going fast. We send them out with personalized, handwritten notes. So look forward to that. If you've ordered your shirt, your shirt is definitely on the way. Thank you for supporting It's The Real. Thanks for rocking with us on a week-to-week basis. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. See you guys next week. Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr